Stand by for the hook. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin Porter and Boguski, the most awarded advertising agency in the world. Every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR. The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now here's your host, Katie Kempner. Hello, I'm Katie Kempner. Today is Tuesday, July 24th, and you are listening to The Hook, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. Hopefully, by listening to these thought leaders, you will find inspiration and new ideas and definitely have some fun along the way. So I've been really looking forward to today's show and talking with my very special guest and friend, Teresa Howard. Teresa is the advertising and marketing reporter for USA Today a position she has held for the past seven years, and prior to that, she served as a senior reporter for Brand Week magazine. She holds an MBA in marketing from Baruch College in New York. She's married to Peter, who I have only ever called Pete, or heard called Pete, and she is the mother of two girls. Welcome, Teresa. Hey, Katie. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Are you sipping on a 4,000-calorie drink? No, I had that this morning because one of the girls was up for two hours last night. You're you are genetically blessed. That's all I can say. <laughs> I don't know how you can drink those things <laughs> and stay so slim. So let's jump right in and talk about the about your column. The, I mean, your advertising column is a little different than the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, since USA Today has somewhat of a different reader base. Although it's surprising how often it crosses over. But does it, you know, surprise you that so many people outside of the industry are interested in advertising? Or, or, or for our readers, not really. I mean, because I think USA Today sort of, you know, coined itself as sort of being, you know, a, a pop culture, um, you know, newspaper. You know, we're always reporting on what's going on in the pop culture, whether it's in business or television or, you know, music. And and I think advertising, you know, for our readers is something that's sort of very pop culture for them. They're always interested in, you know, you know who's doing what in commercials and who are the actors and, um, you know, it's something very tangible for them. So they, you know, want to be a part of it. And, you know, people say, oh, consumers, they hate being marketed to. You think they hate it or they just really hate it when it's marketers not acknowledging that we're all sort of in on the same thing? I think it's, I, I don't think they hate it. I think when it's done right, they like it. I mean, you've seen sort of the success Burger King is having with its current tie-in with The Simpsons and just the way, you know, the studio is promoting the movie with the 7-Eleven stuff, the Simpsonize Me, sofas in the theaters. Um, you know, people are playing along with that and participating with it and taking time to get their picture taken with a, you know, a stand-up full-size character, um, I think that demonstrates that if, if advertising and marketing is done right, it you know it can win over consumers. I think consumers are just sort of jaded a little bit, and they want to be spoken to in a smart, fun way that's you know relevant for their life and what they're doing. You know, I'm laughing because last night, my husband Frank and I, we took our kids to see the eight-hour epic Harry Potter, or at least that's what it seemed like. But uh, there was a line of people waiting to take their pictures with the Simpson characters on the sofa. Oh, my God. See? <laughs> and I, we didn't wait in it, but that's only because I was getting frustrated. 
consumer-generated stuff demonstrates. If people, you know, have a passion for something and it's it's something that makes sense for their lives, they're more than willing to participate in it. It's just sort of, I think a lot of marketers miss the message or miss sort of who their audience is and the right medium to, to reach them in a, in a standout sort of fashion. Well, you know, talking about Simpson, the Simpsons, I mean, and, you know, I should say Crispin porter Bogusky, along with Equity Marketing, created Simpsonize Me, which right. is a website, which, you know, part of the Sim- Burger King is very involved with the Simpsons. That's a promotion that they're doing. Burger King is a client of Crispin's. So, you know, I'm sort of close to all of this. But just Full in terms of... Um, Simpsonize me. Do you, do you think? Do you find that you're spending a lot more time um, thinking about technology and things on the internet and how that affects marketing as opposed to just tracking commercials anymore? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think you know you've seen since the second sort of burst of the dot com wave. It's it's it really has you know stuck this time around. It's really changed things, um, and that's one of the reasons we've actually changed ad track fairly recently. We used to just track commercials, you know, that ran on national television. And we did a survey, and we talked about the ad campaign. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff we were missing because there's a lot of stuff going on on the web that, you know, maybe doesn't make a standalone story, but it also couldn't be tracked because it's on a national television, so it couldn't be pulled through Harris. So we've sort of changed our coverage a little bit to get some more technology-oriented, you know, Internet-related marketing, you know, on our pages that we wouldn't have had before. Mm -hmm. So what do you look for in a great story right now? Um, for us, you know, sort of what we've always looked for or what I always look for as a reporter, you know, something that's going to be new for readers, something that's unique, something that's got good art, <laughs> you know, can have a good visual element with it, um, and just something that leaders can, uh, readers can learn from and take away something, you know, that they haven't read elsewhere. I remember well, one uh, one of my friends, he's a big reader. He reads, like, four different newspapers every morning. And he's like, you know what I really love about USA Today? You always find out something in that paper that you don't find in other papers. And I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, you want to try and offer something that other people don't have. Yeah, I agree. I agree with your friend. That's true. And that's So, so something that others don't have. Well, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm just stressing that because, you know, as a PR person, when other PR people are listening there, you know, we have to figure what the what the hook is. Right. So you mentioned good visuals, which I think could sort of be a segue, sort of. We'll make it into one okay. about can. It's so. <laughs> a good segue. I like it. Thank you. So can, I guess we've just about recovered from can, and uh, I've talked about it a couple of times already because it's such a huge, you know, thing for the industry. It's the Academy right. Awards of the industry. But USA Today is, is very involved in Cannes. Um, what do you think of Cannes? What did you think of Cannes overall this year? I mean, I think, I think it's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a boondoggle for a lot of people. It's a lot of fun for a lot of people. But for a lot of people who are there really to work and sort of see what's going on, it's, um, you know, it's a good exercise for seeing what's going on in the industry and having everybody in one place. Um, so, I mean, I think it's good. I think some people get caught up in sort of, you know, the awards of it all, but that's what you're there for. So I guess if you didn't care, that wouldn't make you a great advertiser or marketer. Um, you know, I think, it, I think overall it's a pretty good event. So as a reporter, or, you know, for, for your job with the column, what do you get out of it? I mean, it's really good. Even though I'm here in New York and, you know, we're on Madison Avenue, literally, you know, it's it's just a great opportunity to have everybody in one spot and you could just walk down the street and you can have informal meetings with people and you can sort of catch up with people, you know, out of the daily routines. Um, 
and maybe get a little bit more candid conversations going with people and pick up some news and, you know, build a, a little bit of a relationship just because you've met people over there and they've either been on your panel um, or you've had dinner with them. So it's a good sort of, you know, collective way to meet uh, 11,000 people. <laughs> 11,000 people that are thrusting their card at you and calling you and emailing you right off. You, I mean, you must be just bombarded. Yeah, I went through my email yesterday and cleaned out 600 emails. <laughs> That's 600. insane. Well, and I still you know, probably have another thousand sitting in my political. inbox. I mean, those are people say it can become very political. Did you find that to be the case this year? You know, you know what I think happened? I've only been, this is my fourth year there, and I think what happens is there's, there's sort of this um, urban myth sort of thing that happens year after year. Mm-hmm. That, you know, something may have happened years before and all the judges that are selected sort of hear about that and then you know there's always talk about it because it happened years ago it's just sort of one of those things that doesn't go away because everybody brings it up every year Mm -hmm. um i do find just in hearing the judges talk and looking sort of at some of you know how the voting goes and hearing all the different advertising folks on, on the on the juries i think culturally people just approach things differently and there's some commonalities between different cultures and i think sometimes people see that as sort of a political you know unification against something else but i think people just sort of do you know like men and women interpret things different or see things differently i think you grow up in a culture you know in in asia versus in america you just see things a little bit differently um so i think that's some of the aspect of what becomes political i think some of the other political um i think the more political element comes down to sort of you know trying to poach clients and that becomes sort of a touchy sort of dance around for people if, if you know yeah, and I think also, I mean, in, for for some smaller countries, isn't part of it about them saying, well, you know, you, you to a to a big client, well, you also need to have your, you know, your agency in this country because if this country isn't winning any awards, you know, the client might say, look, you know, I have my European agency, I don't need one in every single right. you know country anymore. Right. right. So, yeah, so I think it even comes down in some cases, you know, to, to money. Can you talk about some of the winning work that interested you the most this year? Um, I have to say from a personal standpoint, um, I, I think we did a great job picking who we had as our panelists for the USA Today seminar, which was on consumer-generated marketing this year. Um, and it was just by sheer luck that we had three great panelists that, that all won gold awards, which I just thought was really wonderful. Wow. Um, so Frito-Lay won a gold in media for its consumer-generated Super Bowl stuff. Um, Nike Plus won a gold in, you know, the cyber category for, for Nike Plus. And we had Stefan Olander on the panel. We had Emma Kurji from Frito-Lay. And then we also had um, Badger and Geyer from Unilever, which won, you know, across a, a bunch of categories with the evolution. Um, video slash, you know, web slash sort of consumer-generated influenced ad. Um, You know, because that just cut across so many different elements there for evolution. Um, And I think that was great because that really signaled sort of where the industry is going. So I think, you know, I think there were some great ads. I think um, the awards are own is probably sort of long for people. Um, I think people should be proud whether they won a gold, silver, or bronze. And Bob Scarpelli, who was up there for the TV and the print ads, Mm -hmm. as the jury president was saying, you know, People who won, I mean, they, they award 1% of the entries. There were 23,000 or 24,000 some odd entries. And despite sort of the, the the lengths of the lists of winners in each of the categories, it's still like only 1% of all those that are entered. 
and people should be proud of, of walking away with a medal or any, you know, recognition they get at can. Um, I think there was some good stuff. I think there was some, you know, some good breakout stuff. Um, and you're going to ask me what some of those ads were, I bet, right? <laughs> I don't want to have to because I thought of segueing into something else. <laughs> See, we can just, you know, pop all over the place. We, don't, we can just, you know, skip along because, unless you'd like to talk about some of the work specifically. Uh, no, I mean, I think the ones, I, I mean, just because, you know, I don't want to have a real vested interest in, but I think the, the winners um, that I mentioned earlier, the ones that we had on our panel were, you know, were all good and also, you know, sort of a surprise, which was which was nice. I mean, it showed sort of your question about technology before shows how important that is for a brand and for a product these days. Well, can we talk a little bit about your, your panel? Because I think consumer-generated media, it, it is such an interesting time, you know, the day after the presidential debate, the CNN slash YouTube presidential debate where right. consumers can, you know, ask their questions. I mean, what's going on? You know, the people, consumers are making their own commercials for the Super Bowl. Now you can ask presidential candidates themselves questions. I mean, some people got to, of course, they didn't get to, you know, most of them. But what's right. going on? Yeah, it's it's really amazing. I think since um, last summer, even just how much it's changed. Um, I remember getting pitched on the Frito Lay story last September, and you know the fact that there had been sort of other consumer generated stuff out there for the web. You know, Emerald Nuts had actually been doing that last year, where you could get people to sort of, you know, participate, create your own ad, and we'll put it on the web. But you know, Super Bowl that that became a whole another level. Um, and just to see how much it really took off from Jan, you know last summer, or say September, mm-hmm. to once that actually ran in the Super Bowl and how many marketers really sort of embraced it because they see that consumers do participate in it. And that goes back to your question before about, you know, do consumers want to be marketed to? Sure. If, and especially more so now if they're having a say in it. Um, I think it's happening everywhere. I mean, the, the presidential debate, I mean, we sort of converted some of our stuff with the newspaper to have a, lo- a more open forum with readers and to get people to sort of tell us ideas and see what's mm-hmm. on their minds and, you know, follow up and do stories on stuff just based on what our interests, you know, what are interesting, what what's of interest to our readers. I don't think it's going to change. I mean, I think it's going to just keep sort of growing and evolving. I don't think it's going to go away. Now, do you have any interest in doing a blog, or is there any pressure for you to write one? Um, we've been doing more blogs at the paper itself. Um, mm-hmm. I personally haven't been pressured to do one. You know, we certainly do a lot more to get our stuff on the web. You know, blogs, I don't know. There's a certain person who writes them. There's a certain person who reads them. I don't write one. I don't I don't read them. <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's a... There's so, I, I'm the chairperson of the Forays PR committee, and we've spent a lot of time in the committee. And the committee is made up of all the people you know, Teresa, that you know are the heads of communication for these big advertising agencies. And there's a lot of talk about blogs, and does it make sense for companies to have one? And you know, if it's sort of a corporate voice, then what's the use of it? But then right. again, if it's just you know, different people within the company, does that make sense? Or if other people are blogging about your company and they're saying things that aren't true, does it make sense to go in there and fix them? Right. You know, blogs, I mean, I think there's still a lot to to, to decide of how it should go along. Do you agree? Or? Yeah, yeah. I think, there's a lot, I think there's a lot to still be learned about them. I think, you know, there's millions of them out there. There are some, you know, that have, you know, garnered a good following because they it, it's it's online reporting and I think if you have a if you're accurate in your blogs and you're fair you know that that's all stuff people want to read but if you're just going to bash somebody for the sake of bashing somebody your blog's not adding any value to 
the people who are reading it. Bert Helm and uh, David Kiley from Business Week, who, who both have been on my show before, and uh, Susanna Hamner from uh, Business 2.0, who's, who's also been on. You know, they they have blogs and. I think they're all really good ones because they get to put their voice in a little bit more than they they have the chance to do in the magazine. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the the flip side is you can read any blog and are you supposed to just take it for face value, you know, if it doesn't come along with a But I guess with the USA Today, you know, masthead then it would be be taken a lot more seriously, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, I think Business Week has, you know, some credibility in that in that space, so that's, you know, I think that's good for for Brett and for David, you know, to be doing that. Um you know, and they're also a weekly, so it gives, you know, you've got a little bit more time, one might assume, to sort of get that done. And even though, we you know, we're a daily newspaper, I, I don't necessarily file a story every day, but you're always, you know, you, you may not have the time to do it Yeah. on a daily basis. So let's take a little break, and we'll come back, and I have tons more to ask you. Uh, maybe we'll go back to Can, but about a bunch of things, so we'll be back right after this. Sit tight and don't move. The Hook. We'll be back after this short break. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. What the traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit SearchAdNetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $20 off. Ready, residents? Hi, this is Mark with WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm calling to talk to you about affiliate marketing. Look at where they are nowadays. You can't hear the words well enough to understand that what you would have heard is something you wouldn't have understood anyway. I agree. That's why on Wednesdays at 12 noon Eastern, we bring you Affiliate Thing, the grooviest affiliate marketing radio show on the web. Wow! Boy, groovy. Wow. Far out. Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Who else is on this line? Jan Brady. Hi, Jan. For saying too bad she's a loser. A loser? Yeah. That's exactly what I am. A born loser. Oh, well, don't say that. You've got to have confidence in yourself. I do have confidence. I'm confident that I'm a no-talent loser. Well, if you want to build your confidence, then log on to webmasterradio.fm every Wednesday at noon for Affiliate Things with Sean Collins and Lisa Piccarelli. And you'll be as smart as your sister, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I hope you've learned something from all of this. Yes, that Webmaster Radio is the destination for education and entertainment. You are the grooviest. Wow, you can ride my range anytime. <laughs> Um, uh, no thanks. Uh, I really got to go now. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now back to The Hook. The intersection of advertising and PR. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hi, I'm Katie Kempner. Welcome back. Talking to Teresa Howard from USA Today. Hello, Teresa. Hey, Katie. So we were just talking about blogging and and online. and, And, you know, I mean, as a PR person and for PR people that are listening and Anyone that's interested in getting, you know, the news, the, the, the smart news that rises to the top, I mean, it's, it's of the utmost important to us how people are getting, that people are getting their news, but not necessarily how people are getting their news. So I guess, you know, with young people that aren't really, I say young people, oh my God, that sounds cool. <laughs> Younger people than me yeah. are not getting news the way that their parents did. You know, they're they're not reading newspapers, they're not watching TV, they're getting it online, and it's all there. And you know, how does the smartest news rise to the top? How do you reach them with you know the right news? Yeah, you know, it's 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 really the million dollar question. I mean, and I think I think the interesting thing is, no matter what the medium is, you're right that the real news does sort of rise to the top and it becomes what people talk about and it's it what makes it's what makes the headlines on blogs or newspapers or websites or, or television. Um, so I think that's part of it, just what inherently is news will become what rises to the top. Then I think there's sort of you know, sort of softer news or issues that become talked about. Um, and those I think sort of get sort of pushed along and pushed through and um, get some added exposure because of blogs and sort of being chatted about on the web. But, you know, I, I really, I wish I had the answer. If I did, I'd probably run in Gannett right now. But it's, you know, <laughs> how, how do you sort of make the mediums work for the next generation of readers? Um, I don't think newspapers will go away. Um, I think, you know, the news weeklies have demonstrated that, you know, they're not going away. They've, you know, you might take a few hits with advertising and you have to adjust for that. Um, in terms of your staffing and, you know, how you sell your ads and coming up with better ideas to create revenue. But, you know, I think I think people still want to read something that's in their hands and it's tangible and it's touchable and you can flip the pages and you can bring it with you to the beach and you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it goes away. I think, you know, the, the people that do the advertising marketing for those, you know, mediums have to find a way to kind of make them work, and I think as reporters, we have to create the content that's going to make it easier and better for them to sell. So so as a journalist, then, it doesn't really matter to you where people are reading the story, or does it? No, I mean, and for us, you know, no, it doesn't. And, you know, we probably um, need to write more just for the web as opposed to writing for our paper, but, you know, we're sorting through that right now. Um, 
you know, sort of the model and the, the format, you know, where you file first. But when it's really big breaking news, you do you get it to the web. You have to get it there first. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of competition for that. You know, one of the things about the web that's so great, though, is you have a chance to see so quickly readers, you know, reactions to your stories. And Absolutely. And, and I wanted to... Um, and I think this is actually a really good segue. Wait, wait for this one, Teresa. You ready? No. <laughs> I wanted to talk about something that you wrote recently that, you know, that I had asked you if it was okay if we talk about because it really touched me. And it's not about advertising or marketing, but um, it's, it's an editorial piece that you did about um, you, you set it up. It's an editorial piece that you did that got a lot of feedback, a lot of reader feedback. And I, I was going through all of the people that had written in about it and I, you know, and just getting goosebumps. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it is sort of amazing because you sort of a real-time impact of what, um, you know, what a piece can do. And that was interesting to see um, that people responded to the piece I did on, you know, people using, calling somebody, not calling somebody because they're not calling somebody, but calling, you know, sort of as a playful insult, calling somebody retarded or such a retard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a piece on that a couple of weeks ago, it ran July 5th, and, you know, as the mother of a daughter with Down syndrome, it just, you know, I hear the word and I just cringe at it because I know people aren't talking about my daughter, but, you know, clinically my daughter has, is mentally retarded and it just is offensive to me and it bothers me that people can throw a word around so loosely. Um, so I did a piece on it because it bothered me and a lot of people had a lot to say about it. And I think, you know, a lot of people had some positive things to say, but it's sort of scary how many people are out there that, you know, believe that's sort of a First Amendment right just to be able to say what they want to, even if it's not very nice. Yeah, but there were a lot of people that had really amazing things to say. Yeah, and a lot of people had, yeah, which was really nice. It really was. Well, it was. I encourage everyone to look online and read it, and uh, July 5th was when it came out, and it's really pretty spectacular. Um, now, you had, when I saw you last week, and we indulged in those 84,000 calorie drinks or whatever they were, um, that didn't even have any alcohol in them. <laughs> because that's basically, you know, my feeling is if you're going to consume calories via liquid, it should, have there should have be alcohol some in there, huh? <laughs> but I digress. Uh, but, <laughs> but you were also telling me about something on, America, on an American Express project where you can go and vote. You know, I have a lot of things going on in my life, and I saw the end, and I thought, oh, that's good, and I figured other people would participate in it. But I wasn't really planning on it until somebody pointed out on my story, somebody posted a comment about, you know, my article on Down syndrome and said that there was a project at this uh, membersproject.com for American Express, and somebody had voted, had submitted a project idea. And this goes back to your whole idea about consumer-generated as well, because here's, here's a cause that American Express is willing to back and had people submit ideas that were worth being supported financially and then having people vote on which project would get the backing of American Express and whatever the winning project is will get between one and five million dollars. And somebody had written, you know, a comment by my editorial that one of the projects on the website was um, Awareness Can Raise a Family and it goes back to sort of Down syndrome and uh, women who learn that they might be carrying Down syndrome baby in the first trimester choose to terminate and that's like a 90% number and there's, you know, concern that 
Down's kids aren't getting a fair shake or a fair shot at life if, if those numbers continue at that rate. So this group posted a, a project up there about a public awareness campaign for Down syndrome children and, and adults that, you know, they, they can have great lives. And so, so if you want to... If you want to vote for that particular thing for American Express, you go to www.membersproject.com. Correct. Right? Yep. yep. And it okay. was one of the top 25, and I guess they're right now in their second round of voting. It will be whittled down to the top five projects, and then from there there will be a final round of voting um, to see which project actually will get the, the money for a marketing or whatever sort of initiative that that, that group is looking for. So if this if this interests you, go there and vote www.membersproject.com. Right. So let me ask you something. What's your you next know, segue? I mean, people. You said you you know erased six hundred emails from people, and I wasn't kidding when I said in can. I just saw people like shouting at you know everybody. You know all. All these clients want to be in USA, USA Today, as they should be, because they want to reach you know, their target market. And so the clients are after you, and then the PR people are after you. And I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about you know, your pet peeves, what you like, what you don't like. What, what is the biggest mistake that people make when they're trying to get uh, you interested in a story? Lying. Oh, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> the, my, I have a couple of pet peeves. You want to hear them? One is yes, the I double do. pitch. The double pitch, I have an exclusive for you, and then pitching it either to my colleague with the same pitch or having gone elsewhere without full disclosure and finding that original pitch to maybe Stuart at the very bottom of the email. That's happened. Uh-huh. That would not be good. Which is just really stupid, I think. <laughs> um, the other one that's a real pet peeve of mine is just, you know, the hard sell. It's either going to be a story or it's not. It's really rare you know, in terms of marketing and advertising, that, you know, there's this sort of really big breaking news story that's going to make it on the front page of our paper. I mean, we tend to do things as more of a trend, you know, and sometimes there's a real breakthrough product or something that does warrant a standalone story, but, you know, just sort of give me the highlights. Tell me what Tell me what's really news here. Um, people sometimes really, I don't want to say desperate, but, you know, well, we have, like, a, a new commercial and, you know, try and weave it into this bigger story that's not there. And, you know, mm-hmm. with in a day and age when authenticity is, is a really key, um, you know, attribute for, for marketing, it's the same thing with stories. I mean, readers want to know what they're reading is, is, you know, worth their time. You don't want to be sort of fabricating a story and making it seem that it's more than it isn't. Um, you know what, wait, I just have to stop you like because that. I'm kind of laughing because, you know, from the other side of it, that is called your client saying to you, listen, how about this? How about we put together a trend piece? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those. I'm sorry, I cut you off of your pet peeves. No, that's that's uh, that's one of them, though. Is you know, yeah. it's it's sort of sometimes you may have missed something, but you hope that you know if it's something you cover, you're 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 kind of on it already, and you've seen it and say, well, that's not really a story for us. One of my biggest pet peeves, and this was just a killer for me when um I was actually still on maternity leave. Somebody had my cell phone number or my home number because I work from home on Wednesdays and called me at home. You know, which wasn't so bad. I was on maternity leave, but you know that's okay. But it was the the feigning of. I heard you had a baby. That's so good. Congratulations. I'm just calling to say congratulations about your baby. No, I'm really just calling to say congratulations about your baby. And I haven't spoken to the woman in like 18 months. The real reason for the phone call was to find out about who they would pitch to get on the panel at Cannes. And, what, oh, what, oh, by the way, while I have you on the phone, 
okay. you know, we have blah, 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 and, you know, who would be the right person to sort of see if, if we could get them on the panel for CAN? Uh. So, and I just thought, you know what, just be honest. Say, listen, hey, I know you're on maternity leave, sorry to bother you, but just wanted to find out. That goes so much further than somebody feigning this big act about calling to say, hi, congratulations on your baby, and by the way, why well, I've got you on the phone. And they yeah, didn't also be, pitch you a hey, trend piece at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so, I don't know. People just need to sort of look at their clients, look at their themselves, look at their agencies. And, you know, I know you guys, you know, advertisers and, you know, PR agencies sort of get pushed by their clients to say, get us in the paper. And, you know, it just doesn't happen. And I know it's sort of a nuance that they have to work out in that relationship. But, um, you know, I just don't like when people take really desperate measures to try and do something. Well, what do you like? So if somebody has a story that they think is really a very good story, what's the best way to get in touch with you? What's the Shoot best me way to quick pitch email. you? Give me, you know, give me the details up front. I, I, I love when I get these emails. We have a really big breaking news story for a client um, that's going to happen next week. Would that be a story for you? <laughs> you know, there's no details in that. I have no idea if it's a story for me until I get, you know, what the, what the full story is. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be a three-page press release. You know, just give me the highlights. The, what do the you basic... think of press releases anyway? I mean, does anyone ever need them anymore, ever, ever? You know, I find actually right now, if I'm going, you know, for sort of our, with AirTrack on Monday with briefs and stuff, it, it's sort of a good thing when, when you've got a thousand emails to sort of print it out and, believe it or not, actually sit down and read through it and sort of mark it up and ask some questions and put some notes on it. But, you know, I don't think people have to labor over them. You know? Okay, that just wipes out like an entire, you know. It's, it's either part of the PR industry, but as, as I haven't agreed with you. I think that there are very few times not, anymore you know? when people actually need press releases, and I, I think, you know, there's a much more succinct and easy way to write something, and it's more compelling to reporters, which is what I tell the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just give them the facts. Yeah, exactly. And the facts just can be an email with, you know, we love bullets at USAT. Give me the, you know, give me the sort of five things, the who, what, where, why, when is this a story? It's basic journalism, you know. So, and, so send you an email, call you, don't do both, you know. Send an email. I hate the email to follow up with the phone call that follows up on the email that follows up with the phone call. Just send an email. Send an email, and if you don't hear back, that means you're not interested. Exactly. If the person doesn't hear back, you're not interested. Right. Do you read all your emails? Do you at least sort of look at them? I, I look at them. I have to, yeah. Okay. So you, do, you don't you want do to miss something. Okay, so if Teresa doesn't call you back, just leave her alone. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So, you know, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about what makes a good story to you, but, you know, there, USA Today is, I mean, it's a very specific because it's, you know, it's not everyday column. So there really is so much pressure to, you know, if you want to get in it, to really have the best stuff. I mean, what are you looking for now going forward? What are the kind of stories that really compel you and are interesting to you? Well, I, you know, just sort of the stuff that's really, you know, the the trends for the industry, what's going on with, you know, gaming. I mean, that's a, sort of a, you know, new medium that's sort of breaking out. Um, what's going on with, you know, we hate to call it new media, but what is happening with sort of consumer-generated Internet stuff where people are shifting their ad dollars to how they're doing it. Um you know, and, and for us, it's more the consumer angle. We don't do a whole lot of coverage of the individual agencies as a business, but 
what those agencies turn out that consumers see is, you know, is what is what's of interest to us and our readers. So, I mean, I think that's part of the other thing. We have a little different angle on it than the the, the journal and the Times do from that perspective. Um, but I mean, that's you know, that, those are the things we're looking at. Sort of, you know, just what the, the trends are right now going on in the industry. How people are sort of looking at commercial ratings and how much you know TV viewing is affecting how commercials are watched and all that stuff. You know, that kind of brings me back, but there was something that I really kind of wanted to talk to you about in terms of Ken, because I just thought you're, I wanted to get your perspective on it. Um, so going back, which is certainly not a segue, I don't know, what, what would you call that if you're actually going backwards? Backtracking. Backtracking. Talking about uh, Can. I mean, the one thing about Can is that or is that film is still the main category. Mm-hmm, and even, mm-hmm. you know, Alex Boguski, my boss, was the president of the Titanium Jury, which is was a really important jury, and I think it was even more important this year. Um, and the, the Grand Prix there was even more um, coveted, and I should say that with a grain of salt because CPB won it, and so now I know people are going to say, blog about me in not a nice way, but I don't mean it that way. But... Do you think that there will come a point where film will not be the main category and it will shift as commercials play a smaller role in marketing? Or do you think that, you know, that really won't be the case? And I guess my, I'm asking you that because my bigger question is, you know, where you see commercials playing a role in marketing going forward. I think we see it every year when the upfront selling season comes around. You know, there's always a question of, are they going to sell this sort of inventory that they're looking to sell? And 30-second commercials dead. I mean, I've been hearing that for as long as I've been covering advertising and marketing. And, you know, the answer is no for the, the same reasons, you know, that have been it's a very effective medium. You could reach a ton of people in one shot, and that's not going to change. Um, so I think... Because of that, you'll see that that film is still, you know, is still highly coveted. Will still be highly coveted and coveted, and will still be sort of a benchmark because agencies want to work on it. You know, a marketer wants to sort of get their brand out there and be in front of you know millions of people. Um, I, I think it's you know diminished to some degree, but I think if it's done well, it's you know it's it's a movie, it's a mini movie, it's entertainment, it's um, it's beautiful cinematography, it's emotional, it's touching, and those are. All all things that, you know, you can't necessarily just get in print or you can't get, you know, on a small screen. So I don't think it's going away. I think it's changing, and I think sort of the, the, the standards have been raised for it. So I wanted to ask you just one very last thing then about the different categories there. I, you know, this year at the press conference, which you were at and I sort of snuck my way into, um, they were talking a lot about the confusion between the titanium and integrated. And I'm wondering if you think that there really is a need for an integrated category and maybe that will eventually become something that's sort of the pinnacle as well, where, you know, since what we're talking about, so, you know, film is part of, of a marketing, you know, campaign this, these days and, and radio and outdoor and internet. I mean, will there, and gaming, will there be an integrated category that will sort of top everything else? You know, I don't I don't know the answer to that because I think part of what becomes um I don't want to say an issue, but what happens with can is you know, there's all these different categories and I think it's just as much as you know, people are willing to pay to be you have to end, you have to pay every time you enter into any one of those categories. Oh, and so a I lot. Think, yeah, exactly. So I think you know, I think people have to pick and choose sort of what categories they really wanna, you know, show off 
you know, their their product in that ad. Um, I mean, I think, I, quite honestly, I think integrated is sort of, you know, what do people say? It's the, it's, you know, it's the ticket, it's the ent- entry price, whatever that expression mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, you, you need integrated for it to be any sort of, you know, just, it's the common denominator. It has to be integrated from the from the get go, and I think if you're still looking at your advertising and marketing sort of as a, you know, medium by medium approach, that's just really old and wrong for today. Um, so I mean, I think integrated is really important, but I think that's just the, the cost of entry. I think is the the word, the expression I was looking for. Oh yes, um, cost of it. Yes. So now we're we're all, I can't believe this. We're almost out of time, but there there are two more things that I wanted to ask you. I mean, one is, what are you looking forward to most this this year coming up in that in the advertising industry? Slash marketing, slash like branding. The slash I think, um, I mean, for the next sort of big event for us, we'll be looking ahead for Super Bowl. I think it'll be really interesting to see what they sort of opened on consumer generated on that stage. You know, mm-hmm. how are other advertisers going to follow, and what are they going to do? Um, and if everybody's doing it, then nobody's going to win because then it's just too common for everybody to be doing. So I'm I'm very interested to see how that'll sort of unfold, and we'll start, you know, doing Super Bowl stories in the fall, probably. So that's kind of what I'm most interested in seeing, and I'm interested in seeing sort of the new fall lineup and how that's going to play out and what programs are going to work and what advertisers are going to have to start shifting dollars around based on programs falling off, you know, or, or gaining some big viewers. Yeah. That'll be interesting to, to mm-hmm. wait and see. So now at the end of um, my chats with my guests, I always like to ask them, I mean, you, in, in your case, you, you know, you have this incredibly successful career. You have a great marriage. You have two beautiful children. What do you have any advice for people, you know, just in terms of your personal philosophy or your philosophy that has helped get you where you are in your career and keeps you going that could be useful to people that are listening? Um, oh, that's a big mentory sort of question, isn't it? I know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, life is short and you just got to follow what you want to do. I mean, my first job out of school was, you know, in the communications department, believe it or not, at a division of Hearst. And I didn't like it. I, you know, I really needed something tangible for me. That's like my keyword of the of the discussion here, huh? But yeah, for me, I, like I need to see something that I'm working on, sort of, you know, see it started and see it finished, and then moved on to the and move on to the next one. And I really liked, you know, being a reporter, and it's sort of natural for me to ask questions, um, you know, which I can't understand that it's not natural for other people, but it's not, and you know, it takes a while for me to realize that. Um, but you just sort of have to be true to yourself and pursue what you really want to do for yourself. And, you know, the right fit, I think, kind of comes along. That That is great advice. That is really great advice. Will you come back again sometime? Sure. After Can next year? After Can next year, yes. Okay, you have a date. <laughs> so until after, then, we'll thank you very Bowl. much. All right, Katie. It was a pleasure talking to you. All right, good talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you for listening. Please join me next Tuesday for another edition of The Hook. Have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. Bye-bye.